Welcome back to Travolting, covering Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon, 3D. Enjoy the episode. Jeff, we choose to go to the moon, not, not because, because it is easy, but, but because it is hard. <laughs> Jeff, would you say that? One small step for man. <sighs> you took away the joke. One you took away the joke. giant leap for podcast. My joke was going to be, you think when we took that small step yeah. back in January of 2020, yeah that we would have been making the large leap that we have now. Yeah. Because folks, it's not just a large leap metaphorically speaking. Leap. But we are. On episode 50. We have made a physically large leap. That's right, folks. This is our 50th episode. And what are we covering? <laughs> We're covering the least existent movie <laughs> on this podcast. A 2005 IMAX documentary called Magnificent Desolation. Walking on the Moon 3D. Yes. yes. Uh, a documentary about the moon landings. Yes. And the astronauts involved in them. Um, it's narrated by Tom Hanks. And a lot of more of other people. It's not only narrated by Tom Hanks, it's written by Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks, huge fan of space. I remember there's an old Conan bit. Because uh, Tom Hanks' his two favorite things are World War II and the moon landing. And Conan gave him a birthday gift, which was a <laughs> painting of astronauts storming Omaha Beach. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's very silly. Um, but yeah, this is a little Tom Hanks passion project that he put together. A little documentary for IMAXs and planetariums and whatnot. Yeah. About what the moon landings were and like how to inspire you to want to pursue science it's for it's for kids it is for kids this is you know i was talking to my roommates about this because they're like what are you watching <laughs> first off it was in 3d like yeah. i had to do the two screens yeah this okay i did so not the, have the vr goggles on my phone the to only watch way this. to watch this online <laughs> is in 3d mode documentarymania.com yeah documentarymania.com where it is just it's set up like 3d so it's two images next to each other yeah so essentially it's a widescreen image but each half of the screen is the exact same like video playing. Yes. You're supposed to like watch it on your phone. And if you have the VR add-on, yeah, and you can watch on VR them. mode. And just, it combines the two images. Just as the filmmakers intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as Ridley Scott intended. <laughs> just as Nolan intended. You know, we're not out there watching The Last Duel because we're watching Magnificent Desolation of the 3 Fuck you, Ridley Scott. Give the people what they want, you coward. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. You know what? Good. I, I'm, I'm okay that Last Duel is uh, flopping for Ridley Scott. It may be a good movie, but here's the bit. And I don't care if Ridley Scott. I'm about Scott to fucking listens. fight you right now. I don't care if Ridley Scott's listening to this podcast. I watched a Hollywood Roundtable directors episode where yeah. Ridley Scott was on, and listen to the, that man talk. He is the. I'm going to say this out loud in the public, and I'm not going to cut this him out. To fucking fight you? No, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm going after Ridley Scott here. Well, I like. I like some of his movies. I'm about to come don't at get me you. wrong. I like some of his you. movies, but Ridley Scott as a person is a hoot and a half. Is the epitome of old rich white hollywood he rules that is ridley scott this is so disrespectful he literally said said this is so in a hollywood round table that there are too many directors and too many movies that get made yes and 
you can argue. Did you watch the interview with someone where they're like, a lot of people are interpreting your movie like this, and he's like, no, fuck you. That's not what it's about. (laughs) I love this man. Yeah, I just think that this guy... He's he's 84. You got to respect the cojones. He he has such big cojones about himself Mm -hmm. that he is like a god amongst men for directors, and it's like, bro, like, I'm sorry, but... Like James Cameron can't even like really claim that role, and he has like some of the mm-hmm. highest grossing movies of all time under his belt. Yeah. Like, you're a filmmaker. You're not God. You're not the president. You're not saving lives. You're making really good movies. Do you know Ridley Scott's bit with how he shoots movies and why he continues to get to make movies? How? Um, he does not believe in unnecessary work. He just keeps it on time under budget. Ridley Scott almost all of his movies come in weeks ahead of schedule. Yeah. Because he shoots every scene minimum four cameras, hmm. two takes. Hmm. He he is no. I think Alien Covenant came in two weeks ahead of schedule and like ten to fifteen million dollars under budget. You know Ryan Johnson, another two take director. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's just that's a, that can be like attributed to a, like a directorial mm. style, which is fine. That's cool. It's great yeah. to hear about. But from the interviews I've listened to, this guy he yeah. just like screams old rich white yes. hollywood that's and, very much what he is and like i'm i'm tired of the persona i'm <laughs> yeah. sorry so when, the whole bit when he when he said like oh fucking you know millennials aren't watching the last duel because they're all glued to their phones i'm like fuck you man <laughs> like yeah like i'm sorry your time has passed like i'll say even the same thing about spielberg but at least spielberg mm. isn't like saying have shit you seen about west side story no oh, it's so good I hear, but I also hear it's not doing great in the box office. Because all the millennials are glued to their phones. And Spider-Man. Yeah, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man's about to make like $200 million opening weekend, and like West Side Store in the last duel barely creaked out like 10. Do you think it's going to uh, out, out, outreach Endgame, Spider-Man? No way. You don't think so? No, it, it, the pandemic's still happening. That's true. Older moviegoers are not going... The reason that... The reason these movies are flopping... It's because it's still pandemic era. It's because it's still the pandemic, and it's and move and like moviegoers who are going back to theaters are young moviegoers. Yeah, older moviegoers who are usually like the bread and butter films like West Side Story, The Last Duel, and whatnot aren't comfortable returning to theaters because their lives are still at risk. Yeah, like if we get COVID, we'll probably be fine, but like it's at more at risk to an older person still right now. Yeah, so that's why these movies aren't doing so well. Well, when will that change? When will we get back to what it was before? Answer. Number one, I don't know if we will. Answer. Number never. two, I think if the pandemic finally actually recedes next year. <laughs> like, and here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're getting to the point where everyone is gonna have COVID. And so it's basically gonna wipe it I feel like it might wipe itself out within the next year or two. Because like the problem the, is is if like we the span- keep doing all these half assed vaccine yeah. measures. Meaning, like, half the population gets vaccinated, half the population doesn't. Then half the population is protected, but the other half of the population keeps spreading it, and therefore it mutates. Yeah. And then infects the half of the of the population that mm-hmm. was vaccinated that's no longer affected by it. Yeah. And then the other half are immune, but then as it's infecting the vaccina- vaccinated people, that mutates into another variation yeah. and then affects the people who didn't get vaccinated in the first place. Yeah. And it's just a never-ending cycle that will never end! <laughs> a magnificent desolation. Yeah, yeah. I just made myself really depressed. Yeah, that that was extremely downer. Uh, But hey, remember when we went to the moon in 1969? This is also uh, no. Actually, this is our second episode to come out in 2022. I was like, this is gonna be referred to. What a way to ring in the new year. 
Um, be cool. Be cool is. But yeah, this movie uh, is not about the now. It's about looking back, taking a step back. Yeah. And uh, trying to think about man's great accomplishments. Yeah. Specifically, the moon landing. Yeah. Uh, which Tom Hanks says at the beginning, some some jamokes think is faked. Tom Hanks is ready to fight some dudes at the beginning. He's like, these clowns think that we didn't land on the moon. I'm coming out and beat them up. And there's like Woody voice from Toy Story. Yeah. He's you like, you are a toy. Howdy, partner. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, but fun fact, this is the third. Uh, if you think about it, this is the third astronaut thing Tom Hanks has done. Because he did uh, Apollo 13 before this. And and he was involved in From the Earth to the Moon, the uh, the miniseries. Uh, do you have Apple TV? I do not. Um, Are you about to talk for all mankind? Actually, I do have Apple TV. What am I talking? Yeah, about? for all mankind. Yeah, good show. I've heard. Good show. I love the Moonlight. They got they got two seasons out right now, and it's uh, good. Yeah, I recommend it. Oh, uh, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, I love the Moonlighting. I like this movie. Invasion, on the other hand, not a good TV series. Mm. Apple TV. I just I just finished watching um, the Shrink Next Door. Yeah, with Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. And it's so weird because what do you think of when you and you just don't even think about what the show's about, but you just see the two leads, Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell. I mean, I've heard it's deadly serious. Yeah. It's a very deadly serious show. Yeah. And it's very depressing. And it's Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. <laughs> and I and I don't know how to like watch it. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what state of mind I should be in because yeah. it's such a conflicting vibe of a show. You're, you're sure watching a lot of Apple TV Plus recently. It's almost like you have Hey, a vested interest hey, hey, hey. in Apple TV Plus's success. Might be a show coming out between March and June next year. Might have some people in it. You might know some people. That I know. Anyway, I don't want to talk mean, about that right now. Uh, you mean you, when you look in the mirror, you might know some people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah of course, that yeah. as well. You know, not like we have a fan who listens to our podcast. Who... Might have been on that show. Anyway. 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 Um, Hope you're doing well, Maddie, by the way. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. Hi. Uh, uh, <laughs> Magnificent Desolation. I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> we landed on the moon. We landed on the moon. Yes. Not because it is easy. But because it is hard. But because we have the filmmaking technology to fake it. Yes. <laughs> so Tom Hanks Passion Project puts this thing together. Uh, it's directed by... Not Spielberg. No, not Spielberg. It's directed by Mark Cohen, who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> so Imagine I don't know who he is. if Spiel- he got Spiel- Spielberg his friend to do it. Yeah, Spielberg's already done enough for him. They they did uh, Band of Brothers. They're doing Band of Brothers in the Pacific around this time. They're, the, they're busy enough together. Evidently not busy enough. No. Tom Hanks wants to do another fucking series. This is when, Tom H- this is when Spielberg is doing three movies a year. Mm, yeah, it was busy, busy yeah, boy, busy guy, busy boy. So back when he was making good movies, he's still making good movies. Have know. you seen West Side Story? Oh, oh we just, we just established you hadn't. Oh yeah, uh, it's great. Is Master- it just as good as the post? I would uh, better. It's I would consider a Easy. capital M masterpiece. Capital M, big M. I'm drawing a big M. Better than ET. Hands. Ooh, I don't know about that one. E.T. is pretty good. Oh, is E.T. better than The Post? Actually, no, it is better than E.T. 
See, see, folks. Uh, I'm forgetting. I want you. I want you to pay attention to what Jeff is doing right now. He is deliberately saying this just to get under my skin, but ultimately yes. he means better. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Tom Hanks puts this together, and he's like, you know what? I want to kind of get as many people as possible and talk to them about the moon. Well, he gets the entire Apollo 13 cast in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Gary Sinise. Is Gary Sinise in Oh, yeah. Gary Sinise is in this. I don't think he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is. yeah, he is. He yeah, is. he is. Um, as uh, is Bill Paxton. Yep, Bill Paxton. Uh, they don't bring uh, Kevin Bacon in it, though. <laughs> How fucking dare they, dude? <laughs> but they do bring in. All right, A all lot right, of people. Right. Matt Matthew McConaughey. So he gets everyone, to like every single famous person to come into this and record one line of dialogue. What do you think his relationship with John Travolta is at this time? Because they've never done a movie together. He probably just called him up and was like, hey, John, you want to be in this movie? And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I love it. Um, one of those uh, Austin Powers like, that, gold that's member just things. Fan, that's just fantastic. I'd love to do that. One of those Austin I'd Powers love to do that. gold member things where he's yeah. like, oh, who's going to be it? Bill Paxton? Oh, 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 Matthew McConaughey? Oh, you know, I realize I've never really done a Travolta impression on this show. That's just fantastic. That's my, that's my impression. I think we found out why. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> okay, so the cast is this movie. Um, Tom Hanks, Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, uh, Morgan Freeman, Scott Glenn, Colin Hanks, Tim Matheson, Matthew McConaughey, Neil McDonough, Paul Newman, Bill Paxton, Barry Pepper, Gary Sinise, John Travolta, Donnie Wahlberg, Rita Wilson. It's crazy. Big cast. Big cast. Big cast. Um, like, this is going to be a short episode because how are we going to talk about the plot? Um, so yeah, the, the movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they talk about the To anyone movie. who's ever been to, like, a planetarium and you went to see the IMAX film that they were showing, it's it's literally one of those. It's, it's like, like if you've ever been to a state museum where they have IMAX. This movie's honestly only, like, 30 minutes. 15 minutes of it are previews Commercials. <laughs> for three TV <laughs> programs. Yeah. Um, so th this is NASA funded. Uh, NASA's involved in the production of this movie. Of course they are. Yeah. NASA funded the movie that was called The Moon Landing 1969. Stanley Kubrick director. We never went there. We never went to the moon. Actually. Tom Hanks is on his way to beat your ass right now. You, you know the funny joke with like Kubrick directing like the moon landing? Yeah. Is that he would honestly want to shoot on location? Yeah. It's <laughs> good. But also in real life, folks, uh, the reason why we could not have filmed the faking of the moon landing is because we didn't have the film technology to fake the moon landing. Mm -hmm. There was there was some uh, study done a few years ago about how many people would have to have covered up the moon landing had it been faked. That's the whole thing with like government conspiracies for me. And it's, it's like, like the total amount of people who would have to have kept it completely quiet and not provide like incontrovertible proof is 300,000 people. Yeah. A lot of people, <laughs> and, and there's a ratio between like how many people you can keep, get to keep a secret versus people who will eventually tell people, and it's just physically impossible. Yes, that's why I don't really believe in most conspiracies, government yeah, conspiracies, because it, it's like, it, it, like depending on how big the operation is, like if we had aliens at Area 51, yeah. you cannot tell me one of the guards would not talk about it in a yeah. bar to a girl. And then of course they're like, but this guy did talk about it, and it's like. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the movie starts, and it's all about the moon landing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any context to post-context? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I mean, for real, though, because honestly, I mean, yeah, they talk about, like... I mean, Tom Hanks has asked, would you go to the moon? 
and they have a, they you know they do mm. a little bit where it's like some kids these days don't even know yeah it's a bunch of little kids moon. being like I don't know who who went. who went to the moon they're like uh Lance Armstrong yeah one of those Lance Armstrong yeah sad very sad yeah um uh but you know it's just educating about how the moon landing was yeah. like you know the Apollo eleven spacecraft had less memory than a pocket calculator yeah. Tom Hanks is like you know some of us uh do want to go to the moon it shows him in apollo 13 like in the spacesuit, um hyping himself up imagine he calls the moon landing mankind's greatest road trip at one point can you disagree no not at all uh just taking a step back from like movies at least at the time frame mm. apollo 13 was 90 i think it was 97 wasn't it yeah yeah let, that me, makes sense. let me confirm this let me confirm this. uh but it's like when they were starting to do like the uh, zero gravity effect. Is a ninety five. This was um, when they were doing the zero gravity plane thing. Yeah. I mean, nowadays we have the technology and we have the wiring rigs to mimic zero gravity on a soundstage. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine those early days when we were making space movies where we had to get into a plane. Yeah. And they had to drop down at a certain acceleration to mimic zero gravity, mm-hmm. and that was the amount of takes you could get. There's a whole thing with Apollo 13 where they have this like trivia bit where you you could get I think each take you could do of zero gravity you could only do 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. So and they did like so many amount of days. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna fucking look it up. Uh, they had like a certain amount of days they could do it, and they had a combination of like 200 minutes of zero gravity footage. Yeah. 200 minutes. Yeah. Like how long is the movie? Yeah. Like, you know, not that much shorter. So you just can imagine it's like how many takes you're allowed to get and like, good God, like thank yeah. God for technology now. Can you imagine being like an AD on that project? Yeah, that'd be insane. It'd be insane. Um, I do want to say like the thing about this movie for me is I love space. Oh, yeah. And I love the moon landing. Yeah. This movie almost made me cry. How, really? Yeah, just watching like the moon landing, it always gets me. How old are your parents? 61. So were any of them old enough to watch Moon Landing? Yeah, they were very young. But my dad was fifteen. Mm. Or wait, let me, you know, wait, let me check. He was born nineteen fifty-five, so he'd been fourteen. Wow. So he has very vivid memories of the Moon Landing. That's very cool. He talks to me about it a lot. So yeah. this is really cool. That is actually really cool. Yeah. So w- w- you know, a movie actually does one of the best Moon Landings. What? Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <laughs> 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 no. End the podcast. End the podcast. Uh. Shut the recording off. But can I we s- talked about this in our episode on, I believe, Carrie? One of our first like three or four episodes, we talked about this. But the opening five minutes of Transformers Dark and Moon on the moon landing, and they find like a, a, a Sentinel Prime spaceship on it, but like it doesn't matter. But, right, like, the I, o- I, I, hey, hey, hey. hey. So, no, I just found the trivia bit okay. on Paul 13. We'll get back to it. Okay. Like the- <sighs> I'm sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Bless you. I'm dying. No, I'm not. But at the opening of Transformers Dark of the Moon is the moon landing. And um, like it just starts off with like the swelling music. Is like we start with JFK and we move through the whole cycle. And the astronauts are slowly learning the process. And then like they go to the moon and they find Decepticon or whatever. But then we cut back and it's them landing and Nixon's giving this like roaring speech. Transformers 3, really good opening about the moon landing. Cool. Uh, so on Apollo yeah. 13, here's a trivia bit. <laughs> We're talking about anything but this The cast right and crew flew about 612 parabolic arcs in NASA's KC-135 airplane, yeah. nicknamed 
the Vomit Comet. Mm-hmm. Each arc produced 20 seconds of zero gravity. All these flights were completed in 13 days. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the actual KC-135 used um, was decommissioned in 1995 after 22 years of service. So you had uh, 612, essentially, takes, each of which 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I think they said there was another piece of trivia here that said they got about um, a certain amount of footage. Where was that? They don't have that in that trivia bit. But it was only like it was only like they had just. I mean, you do that math: twenty seconds times how many parabolic flights did they just say? A lot. Uh, six hundred and twelve. So what's let's do the math here: twenty times six hundred and twelve. 12,000 divided by 60 for minutes. That's 204 minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have just over, you have three hours and 20 minutes of weightlessness footage. Like granted in the movie, they cut back to Houston a lot Yeah, in the control room with Gene Krantz and all those folks. Also, by the way, can we talk about uh, who's the actor that played Gene Krantz in Apollo 13? He was also in the Truman show. What's his fucking name? Uh, Ed, Ed, uh, Ed, Ed, Ed uh, Harris, Ed Harris, best cast at casting of Gene Krantz in any single goddamn. Didn't he win the Oscar for that? Did he in Apollo 13 for Gene? Oh, Krantz? Wait, no, he was nominated. He won for uh, the Truman. Cause there have been other. Also, that was disrespectful to Ed Harris. You being like, who's that guy who played Gene Krantz? It's like, Oh fuck you forget Ed Harris. Man. I'm sorry. I said Ed, I knew it was Ed, Ed something. Um, but there have been other, actors who have portrayed Mm -hmm. Gene Gene Krantz and no one has ever done it better than Ed Harris. He's the best. Ed Harris. Have you ever watched, um, did you watch any Westworld? I watched, uh, first two seasons. The first season's really good. First season Uh, is pretty good. Ed Harris is in that show. Second season? I did not like the second. I started and did not. Got a little on deep end. The first season ends perfectly. Yes. Like that could have been the ending of the whole show. I agree. Anyway, Ed Harris is in as the man in black. He signed up because he was going to play a cowboy in the show. He's now been stuck for four fucking seasons playing like some rich entrepreneur in a sci-fi setting. He's talked about how he hates doing it, does not enjoy the process or the character. Because his character in the first season was great. Awesome. And it's like he, awesome. just, he just wanted to play a little cowboy and now he's stuck doing the four sci-fi show. contract, bro. Like I saw they it's renewed brutal. they renewed it for like a fourth or a fifth season, I can't remember which. Brutal. And I saw and there was just a tweet that said, My apologies to Ed Harris. While we're on this tangent train about like moon landings and yep. shit, you know, when I talk about my dad and him watching the moon landing, so yeah. he also has like sort of a reverence yeah. for the moon landing and stuff. Yeah. So one of our favorite favorite movies to watch together is Apollo thirteen. Great movie. It's a great movie. Have you seen um Damien Chazelle's first man? I have not. I've heard it's good. Um, it's okay. Mm. It's his best movie he's ever done is Whiplash. Take that for what you will. Yeah. Um, it's better than La La Land. I'll say that. I could probably rewatch First Man. I could not rewatch La La Land. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say La La Land isn't a good movie. I'm just saying the rewatchability is very low for La La yeah. Land. Um, but First Man, uh, which is about Neil Armstrong and the whole moon landing. Neil Armstrong is a main character played by Ryan Gosling. Yes. Uh, not to, I mean, you can't really spoil first man because <laughs> uh, he lands on the fucking moon. Alert. That's it. They That's went the to ending. the moon, but the whole thing what is if the twist was they didn't. Well, no, <laughs> like the, the whole the thing end. is about, um, him getting over the grief of losing his daughter, right? Yes. And it, it's, it's all paralleled with 
the horrific tragedies that took place during the Apollo missions. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, a lot of people know, but they never really talk about how many people died during yeah. the early Apollo missions. Like, not just, like... Apollo 11. Well, <laughs> there were 10 before that. Yeah. And some of them, like, a lot of them just went to space. Some of them just took a trip around the yeah. moon. But there were some rockets that didn't get off the crash pad yeah. uh, that blew up. And not even that, but then, like, you know, the testing. Like, there were people who died in, like, the testing stages of it and, like, the... Uh, and just multiple other uh, engine failures and things like that. Like so, and it, the whole movie in First Man is all like centered around all this tragedy. Yeah. Like with Neil Armstrong's personal life and NASA and their horrific incidents that are killing the astronauts and all this stuff. And eventually, they get to the moon. Yeah. And then he steps down off this ladder. He's just like one small space for man. And it's all like there's no music behind it, anything. Yeah. But then as he gets down, he touches his boots on the ground. The music swells up, and it's you think it's he's gonna turn around. It's gonna be this grand moment yeah. where he's on the moon. And it's like gonna be like, oh, we did it. He turns around, the music goes dead quiet. Yeah. And all you see is just empty moon. Magnificent desolation. My dad and I were watching this. We walked at a theater and he said the perfect phrase. So shout out to you, Don Elmore. He said, that was the anti-Apollo 13. Mm -hmm. because that took what we would consider our greatest achievement, but it's surrounded by grief, pain, yeah. and sadness. Whereas you take Apollo 13, a movie that's about our greatest failure, but surrounded with optimism yeah. and heroicism and like yeah. the, the people on the ground that save the astronauts. And it's such a interesting yeah. like i never forgot it when my dad yeah. said that i thought that is so yeah true i need to watch first anybody man. who watches first man just like keep that in mind that it is the anti-apollo 13 yeah i need to watch that movie so magnificent desolation yeah <laughs> getting back to this i mean like yeah i mean we can probably do this all day though Jeff, i have like half a page of notes of this well i don't have any notes half so a page. We'll, like list you off your notes and i let's... said moon landing makes me want to cry Tom Hanks says, time has dimmed the impact of man on the moon. Mm, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, that reminds me of Interstellar, where they pretend where they're like the moon landing didn't happen. It was just a scheme to bankrupt to bankrupt the Russians. Yeah. Um I wrote Muppets from Space, because at one point he shows the poster of Muppets from Space for some reason. Hmm. Uh in all caps Bill Paxton. Because he comes back, uh he voices Edgar Mitchell. And he does his uh, his Bill Paxton thing. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Yeah, rest in peace. Taken away from us too young. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, and then I wrote in all caps. Guess who comes up? For one line of dialogue. John, John Travolta as Jim, Jim Irwin, one of the men who walked on the moon. Apollo fifteen. I should have really written the line that he said because it's only sort one of line. the sleeper Apollos. Yeah, <laughs> the sleeper. I mean, Apollo. People remember Apollo eleven, Apollo thirteen. Yeah. And that's that's about it. That's about it. But uh, which is unfortunate, by the way. Yeah. But because Jim, guess what? It was only Apollo like fifteen through seventeen that did yeah. the lunar rover. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, Travolta says some sort of line about uh, you know, he's like, and I gazed upon, I gazed upon this, and it was just, it was just great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that, that was that's his appearance. That's uh, his only line. But you know what we do gotta do? You gotta rank the hair, Stuart. No, I don't. No, cue, the me, cue the music. Uh, no, don't, no, 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 no. 
welcome to the hair ranking, I guess. Mm-hmm. So my question for you, Stuart, are we ranking the absence of hair in this movie? I, I guess put it at the bottom. <laughs> or, wait, wait, what's at the bottom? Read the top, the bottom five. The bottom five. The bottom five are our friend Martin, <laughs> which is higher than <laughs> Devil's Reign, The Experts, <laughs> Battlefield Earth, and I think you put might it, like Put it. it below our friend Martin above The Devil's Reign. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to point no out- No hair that, is better than bad hair. Yeah, so- this movie in which John Travolta does not appear, nor does an, an avatar in which he portrays appear. Because we don't see Jim Irwin when he says this. Yeah. Um, and even if we did, guess better, what? He'd be wearing a helmet. better hair than Battlefield Earth, the experts, and I think you might like it. Never say, I think you might like it on this podcast ever again. That just brought back some... Stuart, I thought you might like it. No, 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 no! That was the hair ranking. Okay. So we we got Travolta appears. And then it's just basically a lot of Tom Hanks like describing like, you know, there's fail safe measures involved in the moon landing. It's something we're going. But thankfully we never had to use them. Yeah. And there's like a little dramatized thing of two astronauts who can't hear each other and their rover dies. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit is Scott Glenn, who is voicing um Oh, I have a I have a tangent I want to go Charles after you Duke. this bit. Um talking about like he's just reciting how he is Charles Duke as an astronaut flew to the moon, um, and then he took a picture of his of him and his family that was signed by his children, mm-hmm. and he put it on the surface of the moon, and contemplates himself. I wonder, this image is here for all time. I wonder what will happen. Who will find this? Who? What will they think? I'm leaving a bit of myself on this moon, and it was very touching. It's very effective, except. Uh, Charles, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> uh, the radiation of the sun has absolutely erased that image and all the writing on it. <laughs> oh. It is now just a piece of paper lying on the moon. That's sad. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he has this big emotional thing. He's like, I wonder what they'll think when they find this and find my family and my writing. I'm like, Charles. It's just a blank piece of paper now. Charles. Well, that's because the ha- flag well, is that's, a fucking yeah, white flag That's what happened now. to our all of our American flags yeah. that we put down is they all turn into just white flags. Yeah, like if, if you put it in a little box, maybe <laughs> left it there. Or would putting it in the shade matter at all? Like oh, It rotates. Yeah, I guess so. You have to put it on the dark side of the moon, or you could just, like, you know, get a little metal box, put it in that, and then just, you don't have to lock it, just close it up. Yeah. Uh, but no, that image definitely no longer Okay, exists. so here, here's my tangent. You remember the movie Gravity, right? Good movie. Decent movie. Pretty good. Good movie. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue. Like, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, but all about Sandra Bullock getting yeah. stuck, like, without a tether, and then George Clooney, who has a jetpack, yeah. saves her, and all that good yeah. stuff. Have you seen the Netflix series Love, Death, and Robots? No. It's a short film anthology series. Yeah, David Fincher produced it, right? Uh, I don't know if David Fincher produced it. I believe he did. He might have. I, I don't know. Um, but it's kind of like a Black Mirror-esque like, yeah. show, but it's all animated. Well, there's one episode that's kind of like Gravity. Yeah. Where it's it's like the essence of like an astronaut doing um, maintenance on a satellite. But instead of like her shuttle or ship getting destroyed by debris she just simply gets separated for some reason yeah and is like floating off out of space without a tether or a jetpack yeah so here's what she does you ready for this yeah she ties a tourniquet around her left arm Mm -hmm. 
like the for the astronaut suit and then unclips the arm piece mm-hmm. of her left arm takes it off and uses her it. hand immediately freezes up into like an ice cube yeah but then she throws the like the glove like the arm piece yeah. to give her negative momentum yeah so she can actually fly back yeah. towards the sh- the ship which i thought that's actually kind of genius yeah and i think that's how it work in real life too because you can't like swim in space yeah but you can if you have another object that you can like throw with force. Yeah. It would have a negative um, force on you. So she starts to fly back. Granted, she has one arm, really. Yeah. And she tries to grab like the ship, and she misses. Mm-hmm. She's once again floating out in space. So what does she do now? She looks at her arm. She grabs it with her astronaut right glove hand rips it off mm-hmm. like she actually like 127 hours her arm <laughs> yeah and rips it off and throws her arm to get the negative force yeah. to get a second try and this time she grabs yeah the shuttle and gets in that's gnarly which i thought did you was, know that light actually like, has propulsion to it yes that's it, why we can do solar sails yeah like if you were to be in space and you had a big enough flashlight it would give you propulsion really yeah interesting how big of a flashlight? Like though? fucking mass. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's or, why, or just something that has a lot of power to it, like million Ks or something like that. Yeah. But like, if you had enough light, is it like in lumens or whatever that would be the force measurement? I suppose so. I'm not exactly sure, but I know that if like, if I went to space and I had a fl- like a m- extremely powerful flashlight, and I held it in front of me, it would give me propulsion. Uh, which in, is cool. In the show for all mankind, they do bring guns on the moon. Yeah. I'm not sure how that would work. I guess, I mean, they would just fire endlessly. That's what happens in Ad Astra as well. There's like a little lunar chase on the But moon. like, if you have a gun in space, you mm-hmm. know, the firing pin strikes the shell, yeah. which sparks the powder and shoots out the bullet. Yeah. But there's no oxygen in space. Yeah. So can you even get a spark to ignite the powder in general? I would not know. I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. I don't think guns would work in space. You'd have to have a special type of gun. Yeah, you'd have to. Mm. Anyway, so I just thought about you'd have to have a little oxygen capsule in with the gunpowder. Maybe something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> anyways, uh, so at the end of this movie, Tom Hanks is just like, "Who's gonna be the next generation to go to the moon?" And then could be you. Could be you. And so he just goes to a bunch of kids, being like, "I want to go to the moon. I want to be an astronaut. All this stuff." It ends with a short clip with... Um, we time travel into the future. Yeah. We follow one of these kids, Veronica. And it's... Uh, she she becomes an astronaut yeah. on the moon. And she's walking on the moon. And she's like, Lunar Base 3, are you ready? And like a base lights up on the moon. And then an oxygen Lunar refinery. Base four, a helium 3 refinery. Yeah. And, and the music swells. It's like a little peek into the future of what yeah. may hold of us doing moon bases on the moon. Uh, James Newton Howard's score swells. Really? Yeah. Wow, cool. And then it ends. Yeah. And that's Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon 3D, with John Trolls having one line of dialogue. And we covered it. Yeah. Here's the weird thing, though. What? This is maybe, in terms of multiplier, one of the most uh, profitable movies we've ever covered. No. What yes. do you mean? This movie cost $3 million. Okay. It made 40 Huh. <sighs> <laughs> and in terms of pure Malta, but how this how, made how are we judging its box office? This made though? like thirteen point two five its uh, budget back. 
how are we judging like it's box office? Like people buying tickets to the IMAX theater or some shit? Yeah. So here's the thing. This movie ran for 10 years. Oh, well then, yeah, of course, it, anything's going to make yeah, that much money. Because it had it had an actual IMAX run when it first started, like IMAX theater showed it. But then it just stayed in planetariums and like um, big time IMAX theaters and whatnot. And so it just stuck around and it consistently made like $25,000 a week. Kes kept pushing and pushing and pushing until it's now at $40 million. Wow. Which is a huge profit over oh. a long time, but it's a huge profit nonetheless. I want to know which company, which source is reaping those benefits. Uh, production company is Playtone. It's a Tom Hanks company. Hmm. It was distributed. It was like... Good on it, you, Tom Hanks. This movie was funded by NASA and IMAX and Tom Hanks' company. So, like, those are actually three companies I'm happy getting money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I just, like, usually it's like, oh, fuck, Disney's going to make another billion, billion dollars. This. Yeah. But it's like, no, like, IMAX, I I appreciate that they continue to distribute movies in their format. NASA could use the funding. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Hanks is a swell guy. You good there? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, happy, that, I'm happy this movie did well. Yeah. It was, I enjoyed it. It almost made me cry. I really just, uh. I love the moon. I love space. Yeah, I do too. I mm. a, a lot of the kids' moon landing stuff are have always been kind of like, meh, all right. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I would say, like, I never forgot the names Neil Armstrong, yeah. Buzz Aldrin. Like, you could not in my household. Yeah. You always had to know Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. Um, Star, the boy in the plastic bubble. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess I leave off with this podcast recommending people watch Love, oh. Death, and Robots. Yeah. And first man. I leave off uh, reminding our audience to watch Transformers Dark of the Moon, uh, if only for the Buzz Aldrin cameo. We're halfway through. Actual Buzz Aldrin walks in. He looks at Optimus Prime and says, from one space traveler to another, it sure is an honor. The honor is mine. Great. Great movie. Um, thank you, folks, for listening. Oh, God. Uh, next week, you have to look forward to our episode on the motion picture, Lonely Hearts. Yeah! Does that movie exist? It does. Um, thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can find you can email us, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, you can find me, fellow space traveler and earthling <laughs> at Stuart Elmer 95. Uh, you can also pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. And as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for the theme music of the taking out, and Nicole Johnson for our social. Have a great week, folks. Nuke the moon.